in in the future, if you really want to grow into large real estate deals, like you have to partner, like unless mm-hmm. you've got like a million sitting in the bank, you have to start partnering up with people. So it's better to build those relationships now. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, hey, ADPI Nation, Kevin here. Before we start this week's show, I want to take a quick second to talk about systems. The business systems that you put in place will determine your success and your financial future. Well, I got news for you. No one teaches you these systems, not in school, and unfortunately not in the military either. That's why the ADPI team banded together to create the best and most comprehensive system that anyone out there, no matter their level, could learn from and build upon. We call it our Military Real Estate Investing Academy. Our 80 plus lesson course will take you from real estate newbie to full-fledged military real estate investor and action taker. Click the link in the show notes and use code ADAM. A-T-O-M at checkout for $300 off today. That's code Adam, A-T-O-M, for $300 off today. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, ADPI Nation, on this uh, Columbus Day morning. It's a federal holiday. You might be on Facebook. You might not. But if you are, we have some. We, we have a special guest for you, Megan Klein here. You guys know me, Kevin Brenner, host of the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. And today's episode is, it's another, you know, I like to throw these out there. I like to throw these member spotlights out there. I like to bring our folks who are doing amazing things in Operation Adam, the Action Takers Only Mastermind, and and they're, they're you know, really practicing what we preach, if, if I'm being honest, right? Like they are doing what they need to do to create wealth for themselves as military members, as veterans, as reservists, it doesn't matter. And the guest I have here today is going to tell us about some amazing deals. So if you are watching, or you're listening to this after the fact, this is going to be about, you know, first, we're going to, we're going to talk about some, a really cool duplex deal that uh, our, our guest Megan did, and how to get started. But then we're also going to talk about the perfect burr, the perfect burr. And I feel like I'm going, as I'm saying this right now, like people are knocking on wood, nothing goes, nothing goes to plan. You know, you know, everything fails and and you run into some stuff. And yes, that is true. But when we talk about the numbers on this and just how she found the deal and how she leveraged her network and the way it went down, and then you look at the end result and the timeline, it doesn't get much more perfect than this. And I want to use this and highlight this as an example, because doing something that is simple like like a simple timeline deal like this is the best way to explain the method knowing full well that not all of these you know not all of these deals are going to go down like this but if you have like a templatized like this is how it works you can understand it and that i think is super super important so megan klein thank you so much for spending your 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 holiday with little old me here in washington dc and we're super stoked to have you and if you could just 
super briefly tell us about your military background and how you got started in real estate. Sure. No problem. And uh, thank you so much for having me and taking some time aside on your holiday as well. Uh, <laughs> hey, this is so, what I do. <laughs> right. You know. This is this is fun for me. So <laughs> yeah, it's a good hobby. So yeah, no, um, I am a 14 year uh, veteran in the Navy. I did nine years active duty Navy, switched to the reserves in 2016. So I'm active reservist now. Let's see. I moved, I live in St. Louis, Missouri, moved back home. This is where I'm originally from you know, just start working as a contractor, whichever. But, you know, in between contracts, I had some time to get my real estate license. I was always interested in real estate and wanted to get into it. Just never really had the time to like dedicate to learning everything I needed to do in order to fully jump in. So, you know, at least got the real estate license while I was in between contracts and did some part-time residential real estate on the side, uh, which worked out really cool. And, it, it, you know, I still do it to the day. But last summer, when uh, the pandemic pandemic hit and everybody was working from home, mm-hmm. I finally found myself having all of this extra time. All of the time. To, I know, just, all of the time. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's crazy. Like, you think about your commute, you know? And it's like, what was I doing during my commute? And yeah. then when I was at Scott Air Force Base in St. Louis, I used to listen to those morning radio shows. And I cannot remember the guy's name. But, like, that's what I would do during my commute because I knew nothing about real estate or I was just an idiot. <laughs> but, out. Like, well, just, I was just zoned out. And then like, and that, but, but what you're doing during your, your time and like starting a business, I was like, wow, why didn't I do that when I was like 23? But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is like when COVID started and like the whole quarantine and everything started, like everyone's like, oh, COVID-19 packing on the way and doing all this, oh, the- you know? And it's like for, for people like me, I was like, this is what I needed in my life in order to get that workout in that I've always wanted to do, but never had time for or overslept. And like, this is, I finally have time to do all the things I want to do in my day. And I took advantage. I like lost 15 pounds during COVID, like not to awesome. like rub it in anybody's face that like didn't have as much luck as I did, but, uh, but man, it was so nice to just take control of my life and be able to mm-hmm. do all the things I wanted to do. Cause I wasn't wasting my time. Like, you know, getting dressed up in the morning and driving mm-hmm. an hour. So, ah, oh, it was fabulous. So yeah. Very yeah. fortunate. I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Right. And, and I think a lot of people who are listening to this and, and watching this live right now can, can relate to that sentiment of, you know, depending on your job, whether you're in the military or not, even at the Pentagon, they shut the Pentagon down for a while and they were like, all right, just go work, work remotely. And, and, you know, a lot of people are still working remotely, but leveraging your time, like no matter if you're, you know, you know, if, if you're Kevin Brenner or you're Jeff Bezos, we still have 24 hours in a day or you're Megan Klein, you still have 24 hours in a day. It doesn't matter. It's how you leverage that time to build something great. And that's where I want to pick up this story because it was during this time where Mm -hmm. you finally decided to take action. And just for context, uh, for those listening, Megan, you joined operation Adam, the action checkers only mastermind on in June, right? Mm -hmm. So June of this past year, and, you know, I think by then you had already done the duplex deal, no? Right. No, I had. And, you know, what What got me to join Operation Adam, and, you know, it's really crazy, and we didn't even get to talk about this, but I ended up meeting some ADPI members, like, just randomly on a whim and here in St. Louis, Victoria and, and Jill. Oh, oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And their mm-hmm. team. And because Lee, my boyfriend, he works in real estate as well, and we ended up 
meeting up with them while they were looking at purchasing a property mm-hmm. here. And I was like, oh, yeah, I listen to these podcasts, Active Duty, Passive Income. And they're like, we work with Passive Duty, Active Duty Income. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm messing yeah. it up right now. But, but you know what I mean? I was like, oh, my gosh, what a small world. And so they kind of planted the seed, too. And I had learned just through Lee and through all mm-hmm. of the other real estate podcasts and resources that I was learning that, like, you really – if you're not a partnership person, like you're only, you're going to only go so far in real estate, mm-hmm. like partnerships are beautiful, powerful thing. And in order to have those partnerships and in order to like, just really engage in something that you want to do, you have to have that community and you have to have that network and just other people that have the same goals as you. And so I joined active duty, passive income to have those like-minded, similar background people who are interested in the same goals and just to build that network. So and that's well, right. it's a team sport too. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like you met Victoria and Jill who have closed on uh, multiple larger multifamily stuff because they believe in the team, they believe in their mission and that's what they do. Right. So if you are listening to this and, and you're thinking like, Oh man, I want to be like them or, you know, I'm not saying go and Oh, jump into some coaching. Pro- no, just understand that it, this is a team sport. And I think Megan, you said it perfectly flying solo in this will only get you so far. It will get you far. But it won't get you. You will hit a ceiling, whether that's a funding ceiling, whether that's a deal flow ceiling, whether that's a simply you're strapped for time ceiling. Like you can no longer do it. And, right. you know, I think the best business people out there have figured out not only how to leverage other people's money, but also how to leverage other people's time. Because remember, we all get those same 24 hours in a day. And right. if you can become someone who's leveraging other people's time to support your mission and your vision and you're all working together, something really beautiful can happen. Um, but Megan, let, let's talk, let's talk this duplex. So yes. So on happened? that note, yeah. yeah, on that note, this was, you know, the duplex was my very first deal. I was taking time to actually walk and and listen to podcasts and listen and learn about real estate investing. And finally got the confidence to make my first purchase. So I analyzed the market. I was really looking at my numbers where I knew that I I knew that I wanted to purchase a single family or similar one door. I had about $120,000 to do it. Found this duplex in an area where I knew like population growth was happening a lot just because as a residential agent, I helped two people sell their houses and build new construction in Wentzville where my duplex is located. So that caught my eye. I was like, oh, people are moving to Wentzville. This place is starting to boom. I checked out the rent numbers. The rent numbers like for a two bedroom and a three bed, two bath were going in the in the 1300s. And this duplex, when I found it, it was rented at 850 and $900 a month for a three bedroom, two bath unit and a two bedroom, one bath unit. So So under rented, under rented, lost to lease for sure. And it was just, it was a a husband and wife who owned a construction company. They built with their construction company, all of the duplexes on this entire block. And they were, you know, retiring. They just wanted to keep rents low so they could keep occupancy high and not have anybody move out. You know, they were doing fine. Yeah, they were doing fine. They had a lot Mm -hmm. of things. I want to hit on a point here that is super important, like critical foot stomping moment. You followed the people. You said, hey, all of these people are moving out to this certain area. For the listeners out there, when you're looking at a market and a favorable market and you're trying to find a pathway to progress and you're trying to find, hey, where's the next big thing? I encourage you to not only follow the people, but also follow the jobs because 
people go where jobs are. So if you can, you know, if you've identified and you're reading articles in a local area that, oh, uh, Amazon is building a supply chain, something out in Wentzville or, you know, that's just an example, right? Or, or some big corporation is building something out here. Okay, well, there's going to be jobs associated with that. And a lot of the times as, you know, non-real estate investing thinkers, just like people, we're just like, oh, cool. Like maybe I'll apply, you know, like that's what you're thinking about. But as an investor, you're like, oh, well, wait, if there's going to be jobs in a certain area. That means people are going to be going over through that area, which means that depending on the housing supply and demand metrics of that market, there might be an opportunity where there's probably a lower supply and that means demand is going to go up. And that when that happens, guess what? Rent goes up. So there is an opportunity there. So pay attention to those articles that are in the paper. They're in scrolling across your feed about different submarkets around your market because that could be the next big thing. So Megan, good on you for for following through with that and, and actually taking action. And then of course you found it was under rented, uh, which is a no brainer. So you get in, you purchase this duplex, then what? Yeah, so I learned things the hard way with the duplex because so, um, well, I did, I did everything right, but what I could have done better was leverage my time, right? My time and resources. So analyzing the deal and doing the due diligence, I did my walkthroughs, found that one of the tenants who actually worked at an Amazon facility in the area. <laughs> well, there you go. I made that up. Yeah. So yeah. no, you were totally, <laughs> totally on the point. So that was another great thing about the area it was like MasterCard has a big facility. It's right at the intersection of two major highways. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's just a lot to win. And I knew that because I'm in real estate, but also leverage your real estate agent to know like, hey, where are the markets where population growth is happening? Because that's, you know, I just was able to do that research for myself because I do the job. But if you aren't work, if you aren't an agent, then work with your agent to figure out where those market growth areas are. So anyway, I had one of the units, you know, had the, the seller provide 30 day notice and have the tenant move out before I took ownership because they were just a mess. Like I didn't want to have to handle it. And I was also really unsure about like, hey, like this, these folks aren't going to be able to keep their security deposit, but I never knew what the unit looked like when they moved in. So I wasn't going to feel right getting that security deposit from them if I were to take over their lease. So I was like, I'm asking for the full security deposit in my inspections. And I want you to take care of them and get them out before I take ownership. And they completely agreed. So I had a unit to to start working on while the other one was was rented. I did Mm -hmm. the full unit turn myself, like with my dad and some select help. Uh, and that thing, we fully renovated it. We you're swinging out, hammers, you're painting, yeah. you're doing ripping all out this. floorboards, yep. replacing nope. doors, replacing. You know, like, <laughs> we, we the hardest of passes. The hardest yeah. of passes on my end. <laughs> yes, yes. Like we were. So I wanted to do LVP, like luxury vinyl plank, throughout the entire first floor, all the bedrooms into the kitchen. And the kitchen had that roll sheet vinyl, and they had like three. They had put like three layers of roll sheet vinyl. And it's so sticky on the bottom. And it's so sticky. Oh, it's and they use all those staples, millions oh, of staples. So but yeah, I was in there with a crowbar, like ripping out subfloor. So I could not have any transitions or big bumps or like it was, I was like over overdoing it a bit for what a rental needed. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it was my first one and everybody overdoes it on their first one. But anyway, it, it worked out. So we did the unit turn. It took me four months to turn that one two bed, one bath unit. And because I was doing it on the weekends and after work and this duplex is 45 minutes from where I live. So just driving out there, you know, was a big time suck. So, 
So yeah, with all the money that I could have made in renting it, because I rented it for thirteen twenty-five. I brought the rent up from nine hundred to thirteen twenty-five. Wow. Okay. Yeah, in that two-bedroom, one-bath. And had I just had a professional contractor company, like do that unit turn, it would have taken two to three weeks. I would have had it re-rented in a month and it would have paid for itself with the rent that I lost by doing it myself and going crazy over it. So really six of one, half dozen the other, four months of your time or, oh, heaven forbid, I have to like shut up. But I bet you learned a lot though. I bet you did learn a lot. Absolutely. I tell you what, it was worth it because now- like if I look at a bid for contractors to do a unit turn, I know exactly what's involved in laying luxury plank floor. I know exactly what's involved in hanging a door, it, you know, and it's things like that. So I know what the labor intensity is and I know how you do it right versus how you do it wrong. So, so that was valuable tuition. I'm just not going to pay that tuition twice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't blame <laughs> I got that degree and I'm not going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You're not going to go back for the master's. <laughs> no, I, 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 but that, that's something that, you know, a lot of people, you know, some, some investors say, oh no, you know, contract it all out, do all this stuff. And then other people in your camp for the first one that say, you know, just do it yourself. I think that, you know, you should, if you're not going to do it yourself, at least have very, you know, very good idea of what's going on, have eyes on, visit the property, ask a lot of questions and, and, you know, you'll, you'll still be able to learn maybe not as much as doing it yourself, but uh, you'll learn enough to, you know, not make mistakes. But I think an underlying theme of all of this is that you're going to make mistakes no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I think that that stops people from getting started in this business is like, Oh, I'm going to screw up and I'm going to do this. Yeah. You are going to screw up as a fact. If someone is telling you as a real estate investor that you're a first time real estate investor and they're going to say, oh, yeah, you're not going to screw up at all. It's going to be fine. They're lying. Yeah. You will screw up, but it's and OK. You know, it's OK. You know? Right. Yeah. And and the thing is, too, is like you do what you're comfortable with as you're learning. Right. Mm-hmm. So in that situation with that duplex, like I wasn't comfortable handling contractors at the time. I wasn't hand, I was comfortable like. I wasn't comfortable spending all that extra money on the unit turn. Like, you know, so I did it and I learned the hard way, but you know what? I learned that lesson. And then when the next unit, when the other side came vacant, like, yeah, I hired a company and they went in there and they knocked that thing out in two weeks and we had it re-rented and it was done. It it was just so nice. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just spent all that time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you know, it's like, Hey, now I felt comfortable with it because now I knew I could, look at that bid and get a good price and know the job was done. Right. So, so, you know, that's how you grow. That's how you grow in these things. Like you learn some things the hard way and then you never do those things again. And then you yeah, just do that after action report. And <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you, you optimize it, you know, you, you yeah, optimize exactly. it for yourself and your business. So you have this duplex, you were able to, you know, successfully raise the rents. Gosh, almost about 500 bucks a door. It sounds like. Right. So we went from eight fifty and 900 to 1450 and 1325. That's great. And yeah. and you have tenants in there now. Uh, is this deal cash flowing for you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, the deal's cash flowing very well. And, you know, with, I didn't know at the time, like it, I was thinking about it, but I wasn't comfortable again with it. It would have made a great short-term rental because of the housing market out there. There's a ton mm. of people who are building new construction and just need a place to stay for less than six months while their house gets built and have storage and stuff. And that duplex is so close to so many new neighborhoods that are going up. 
like I kind of kick myself now for not keeping one side for a short-term rental, but that's definitely a play that we're going to do in the future. Now that, you know, I know the potential of it. So. Yeah, I love that. And, and of course, if you need any short-term rental advice, I, I can help you. I'm doing the same thing here in DC and it's going really well. So the, uh, yeah, having multiple exit strategies is incredible. Uh, you know, you, you, you went in, you raised the rents, you know, significantly your cash flowing. And then in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, how can I continue to optimize this based on what's going on in the current market conditions? Those are the questions as an investor that you've got to constantly be asking yourself, because if you know, it sounds like the people you bought it from kind of went on autopilot because they had a lot going on. Well, you know, you're getting started or you got started. So your focus is this property and you're looking at it, you know, this property alone and saying, okay, how can I make this as best as it can possibly be so I can get more properties and maybe eventually go on autopilot down the road? You know, there's nothing wrong with autopilot, but I'm just saying like, there's so many ways that you can make things work and having those multiple exit strategies and, and, and moving along and, and, you know, and optimizing everything. It's incredible what you can do and how much money you can save mm-hmm. to and get time. the next deal and time. Oh right. God. And time. time. So, yeah. so you have this duplex, Megan, this is, this is what I really want to talk about. So for our listeners, we're going to jump right into this bird deal, the perfect burr, as I like to call it. And, and just for a quick, quick reminder, can you, uh, well, I'll do it, break down what the, uh, the you know, the acronym burr stands for, right? So it's, you buy a property, then you renovate it, and then you rent it out. And then you typically have to like wait a six month holding period, then you refinance it. And then you repeat. So it's burr, B-R-R-R-R. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that process you know, there's certain deals that this works for typically on the residential side. And if you can find the right deal, uh, at the right price, you can really cash out in a good way on that refinance portion. So we're going to walk through this, walk through each step. So people can, 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 uh, grasp the concept and, and actually emulate exactly what you've done. So let's, let's talk about it first. This deal, how did you find it? All right. So through our network, <laughs> through Shocking. our network, uh, <laughs> you know, I, so I change brokerages and we have some friends that work with my current real estate brokerage. One of my partner real estate agents works with a lawyer who does estates, like uh, settling estates. He calls us up one day and is like, Hey, this lawyer has a client who passed away, has no living heirs, and he just needs to clear out the estate. There's a, a house in North County um, that they have. They just need to sell it. It's full of stuff. It's going to be a lot of work for me to get it ready to put it on the market. And they don't care to make any profit. There's no family to make any money. The lawyer just needs to sell it. So is it something that you could be interested in? I just need to get it off my plate. You know, mm-hmm. we're kind of doing the real estate agent a favor. And he knew that we were investors because, you know, we worked with them before. We talked to them before. We've been like, hey, if you have anything, let us know. Let us know. And so he, we were the first people he called and thank goodness it's a three bed, two and a half bath ranch style house with a fully finished basement. Um, and it has an additional family room that could be a fourth bedroom. It even mm-hmm. has closets in it. There's just no door and it's right off the kitchen. So we're like family room, but anyway, yeah. So we bought this house it straight from the seventies. Like it was built uh, <laughs> mid 1950s. Um, and the, uh, 
shag carpet, you know, avocado green, very heavy window coverings, which I learned, like you see those heavy window coverings and you're like, what in the world? But they did it because like they didn't wanted to save money on heating and cooling, you know, and they had so many windows. So like the house was just full of stuff. There was an entire room full of vinyl records and they loved Vegas and gambling. And this woman just lived with her parents. And when her parents passed away, they just passed on to her and then she passed away young. And so, yeah. It had like a, the Vegas motif, if you will. Yeah, like the straight out of the seventies. There was definitely <laughs> like there was a bar in the basement that had like dice. Oh like, yeah, like dice mounted on the <laughs> on the side, and you had like the checkerboard tile floor, and they just had. We pulled at least a hundred decks of card out of that out of that wow. house. It was lava lamps, everything, like yeah, great seventies. So, <laughs> so we actually got a thousand dollars off the price to like tell the lawyer that he could leave. Like he doesn't have to worry about clearing all the personal property out of the house. And as a real estate agent, who's worked with investors before, I'll tell you, like, if you want to make your offers more competitive, especially in this type of situation where it is like an old lady who's like moving out to go to assisted living or live with family or, you know, you can tell a bunch of stuff. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff. If you want to make your offer more competitive, say, Hey, you you can leave as much personal property behind as you want. Yeah. You know, that, that's a great, that's a great piece of advice. It's uh, a huge incentive yeah. to that seller who already is a burden that, you know, I just helped this client who it took her six months just to get their house ready to list. And it was still Jeez. a house full of stuff. And so, you know, being able to say, Hey, don't worry about calling, you know, goodwill and scheduling mm-hmm. the truck or going through any of that with family members, like just leave whatever you want behind and I'll take care of it. Yeah. Big yeah. relief to a seller in that situation. So anyway, that's what we did to this lawyer. We're like, hey, give us $1,000 off the price and you can leave all this stuff behind. We'll take care of it. We ended up buying a dumpster. You know, we rented a dumpster yeah. for 500 bucks, going through everything, having a yard sale and then making $1,500. <laughs> <laughs> so so you got the dumpster for 500 and then you you made an extra $1,000 and you pretty much broke even on that. And then and we saved 1000 bucks off the price. And you saved 1000 bucks. yeah. <laughs> so 2500 well, 2000 bucks net. Yeah. So it worked out really well. But anyway, so the only thing that we did to this house in the whole process of burying it mm-hmm. was clearing out the junk and doing the yard sale. Otherwise, we leveraged we leveraged our resources to take care of the property. And so we had as little time and money out of pocket as possible. How do you become a successful military real estate investor? It starts with having a strong squad and trustworthy mortgage broker by your side. Hey guys, Kevin here. I wanted to take a quick break from the show to help you fill out your real estate investment dream team. Whether you're looking to fund your first VA house hack, close on an out-of-state turnkey investment, or just have a conversation with a lender who speaks your language, make sure you reach out to ADPI's team of qualified mortgage pros. With a full range of tailored lending options, our team is standing by to provide active duty service members, veterans, and military families just like you all the advice and resources you need to close on your first or next investment opportunity. Click the link in this episode's show notes or simply text DEAL, D-E-A-L, to 33777 to get connected today. Now, let's get back to the show. So, so, so on this, yeah, so on this one, um, uh, cause we're getting into that next, that first R phase, which is the renovate portion. But before we do, you know, so we're, we're at what $50,000 here. It seems like it's a bit too low to get traditional financing on. How'd you fund this deal? 
Right. So we had we had fifty thousand dollars cash. We could have bought cash, but we were like, you know, we're looking at other deals. Like, what if we need that cash for anything else? We don't want to be slowed down because we don't have, you know, earnest money or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, that we need to buy a bigger deal. So, you know, why don't we use a hard money lender or do some short term lending? So we found we we trialed several uh short-term lenders in the area went through a couple like one one was really wanting to give us bad terms they wanted us to leverage one of the houses that we already owned and we were like yeah no we're not going to do that so uh, but fortunately through our network and through talking to other people and asking for advice we got connected with a really great reputable hard money lender here in the st louis area got that fifty one thousand dollars approved cut the check three days later we closed Um, super fast process very professional company it was great so we were paying interest only. It was like $512 a month mm-hmm. for six months, interest only on this debt. And that $519, like it was totally worth it. You know, like yeah. by the time, you know, proceeds and everything, we pay still, you know, made a profit. So um, anyway, and it was nice because we got to keep our money in the bank. And, you know, if we needed it, we needed it. We weren't feeling strapped for cash. So Anyway, so that's how we purchased it. We purchased other other people's money Mm -hmm. uh, with a hard money lender. Then we found a property manager that had a construction team, uh, had a make ready crew. And a lot of a lot of property managers, you know, you shop around, you can find some that do unit turns and some that prefer to like contract it out on the side. But you can find property managers that have, you know, a CapEx team or a construction team that can go in and do more heavier lifts, not just maintenance items. Um, And so that's what we did. We got a bid from him had his team go in there, do the renovation. The full renovation for the house was $17,000. They had it done in two months. And then because they were the property manager and we were using them, they placed the tenant. They put the sign in the yard while they were wrapping things up, placed the tenant for $1,200 a month. And just to back up a little bit too, like I had done the market research in the area when we purchased it. And fortunately, it was one of these neighborhoods where all of the houses were the same. It was a cookie cutter neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And there was houses that were you know, in a little rougher condition like this one. And there was houses that were fully renovated and sold. And so I had a lot of comparable properties to look from to make sure that the numbers were good. And I knew that we were getting it at a good purchase price because there was a similar house that sold in the 70s. And I knew from the comps that there was three, three to four houses in the area within a half a mile that sold in the 120s, 120 to 130 range fully renovated. So the the comps were there. You yeah. Know? So, so I so knew that, that's important. Yeah, exactly. So I knew I was getting it as a, at a good price at the get go. And I knew that when we went to exit or at least refinance that it was, it should be able to appraise for $125,000. So we knew those numbers going into the deal. Then we did, we used those comps to know, okay, like what kind of renovations do we really need to worry about here? Ah, that's a really important point. You so never want to over renovate. Right. Exactly. Keep our budget low and reasonable based mm-hmm. off of what we expect to pull out. So yeah, then we sat back and drank our coffee and did our jobs and looked at other deals and did the five million or five thousand dollar an hour tasks rather mm-hmm. than the five dollar an hour tasks, right? And you know, it was getting done. We just go drive by on the weekend and check in on the progress and see how it was. So, so yeah, make, we got make the, sure. Yeah. It's getting work done. Yeah. So then we got the, uh, we got it rented in uh, June, got it rented out in June. It's been, you know, $1,200 a month has been paying for the interest only debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had to wait. So when you buy a property, 
Um, and then you go to refinance, you typically have to wait six months mm -hmm. before the bank will allow you to refinance it. It's called, it's, and it's called a seasoning period. Uh, seasoning. Most banks, yeah, most banks, they want to make sure they want to make sure that you can pay for whatever mortgage that you're going out and, and trying to get because banks have gotten burned in the past where people are like, oh, yeah, I'll totally pay. And then they get it and they foreclose. So right. the, the bank's going to keep a close eye on that. But that's standard. But for this um, and just to recap super quick, bought it for around 50, put 17 into it. So you're in this for 67. Mm -hmm. Then you rent it out for 1200 a month. So you're hitting 2% roll right there. So you're definitely cash flowing. Right. Uh, and that's basically paying for, it was paying for our interest only note at 512 mm -hmm. plus the ones that we had to pay ourselves during the renovation. That's basically what those first few months of rent mm -hmm. were, you know? And, and so, so, so you had the tenant in there in June and then you kind of, now the six month seasoning period that happens from when you purchased. So you purchased in March and you know, so, so that, you know, that usually starts then. So you you put the tenant in 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 June and you're cash flowing, and then what do you do? What who who are you going to? What banks are you going to say like, hey, I have a property I'd like to refinance. Like, what what does that process look like? Sure. So actually, I had just refinanced my house earlier that year. Mm -hmm. So I already had a lender that I was working with that already had all of my financials on the books. Like already had, and he was a veteran as well. I got connected with him through another veteran group that I volunteer with. So, you know, it's all about networking. And, you know, so I just went right back to him. I had a good experience with my first refinance. He had great rates based off of, you know, the other folks I shopped around with. So started the refinance process in the beginning of August, knowing that I wanted to refinance right in line with when that hard money note was coming due in, in September, six months after the purchase and when the seasoning period was up. So September was really our, our point to get it done. And we closed that refinance right at the end of September. And yeah, it, it appraised for 125,000. Exactly. Just like, you, yeah, just like you thought it would. <laughs> yeah. And we ended up walking away from the closing table with a check for $29,000, which Whoa. paid for the renovation, paid for our closing costs, played for the refinance closing costs and, you know, put some extra money in our pockets that yeah. was profit. So, so and let, let's let me let me slow down here because I think a lot of people get confused, kind of like, hey, I don't know how you made money on this. So, you you had a property, you know, you bought it for fifty one, right? And and like I said, we're all in it at this point for sixty seven thousand dollars. The bank, as far as the bank's concerned, there's no mortgage on it. The bank, you know, you're going to have a hard money lender, you know, whatever. That's between you and the hard money lender. As far as the bank's concerned, this per this property was purchased with cash. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, we did disclose to the bank. We told right. them hey, we have a hard money note on it because they wanted to see that information and they wanted the payoff information. Yeah. As far as the bank's concerned, like you hold title. You know? Right. Exactly. So, 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 you know, that's, yeah. So, so putting that out there and then what the bank's going to do is they're going to say like, okay, well, you know, it's in the best. So if you think about it, what's in the best interest for the bank, the bank wants to loan you the money so they can get interest on it. And so that they can collect this note that they're giving Megan and, and Lee, and then they can go and package it up and sell it on the secondary mortgage market because they make more money that way. So that's what the bank wants. And the bank wants to, you know, put it, you know, lend as much money as they can because they have a lot of money. So thinking about it like that, the bank's going to first say like, okay, well, 
you know, Megan approached me and, and I don't know how much this house is worth. So let's go get it appraised. Now the bank doesn't know that Megan already did all that legwork and that due diligence during the buying process. She knows it's about 120, 125. So they go send an appraiser out there. She gets an appraisal and lo and behold, comes back $125,000. So what the heck does that mean? Well, the bank is going to look at it and say like, and, and I'm curious, did, did they go 80, 20 on it? Loan to value? Or uh, no, year. we did 2575. Okay, 2575. So this is an investment property, like right, right. So, 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 so then they said, okay, well, if that's the case, then we're going to loan you 75% loan to value LTV on this property. So, uh, $125,000 times 0.75. So, they went and, and cut a check for $93,750, right? And, 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 you know, they cut that check to Megan and they had to pay off the hard money lender and stuff. And, and great. So you pay off everything that you're in. And, you know, for argument's sake, let's say that number is $60,000 by this point because you've been getting cash flow and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's $33,000 or what you said, $29,000 left over. Yep. And that money, that is the best part. That money is your money. Even though it's coming from the bank, it's Megan's money. That's the money that goes into finding a property and buying right. So we always say in Operation Adam and and every coaching call ever done, you don't make money when you sell a property. You make money when you buy a property. You bought it right. You knew it was going to appraise for higher. And that is the business of real estate, right? So buying something right actually made you $29,000. Meanwhile, for you to gross $29,000 from $1,200 a month would take you 24 months right? So that's two years just to gross that. Or you can make that by buying a property, right? So that is so, so critically important, guys, when you're thinking about just any type of real estate business, it's very important that you buy it right. And you leverage this strategy. If you're getting into the bird deals, leverage this strategy, and you could pull that 29,000 out. And that 29,000 now is going to be working for you in some way, shape or form. You can use that to buy another deal. You can scale. That's the repeat part of the, of the final R, right? Exactly. That's what I was about to say. The repeat part is now that $29,000 check Mm -hmm. is already earmarked for another property that we just got under contract on. It's like that thing is hitting our bank account and then it's leaving three weeks from now. (laughs) And and that guys, that's how you build wealth. That's the way you build it. You don't build wealth, you know, uh, you know, not having money sit in the bank. Yeah. Having money sit in the bank. It's, it's about, it's about turning the money. It's about getting the money and putting it into a vehicle, getting that money out at a higher rate than when you put it in and then turning it quickly, 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 keep turning it. And it's, you know, it's kind of that principle of compound interest, right? And it's incredible how, you know, exponential this growth curve can go if you keep repeating in this Burr strategy. And that's why the Burr strategy has taken off in the past 10 years, because folks have, realized how, you know, like (laughs) how groundbreaking it is, especially for those getting started, because you can get in with a hard money lender. I mean, how much, how much money, Megan, did it take you guys to actually get into this deal? Like there was, I'm sure there was an earnest money or points or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. how much were you out? Right. Since we were buying it through a lawyer and everything like the the earnest money was only like $500. It was very minimal. And plus it was $50,000 purchase price. So, um, the, yeah, the fees for the hard money lender, they typically have like 
like a thousand dollar or like whatever you know, varies on your terms, but there's typically like an administration and our loan origination fee at the beginning. And then there's also another fee at the end when they cash out. But yeah, I would say just in closing costs to like actually purchase this deal, it was maybe five grand. So maybe, yeah, maybe five grand. Inspections, title, like survey, everything, you know. And you made so. 29 grand on the back end in under a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And got, you know, 29 is after they took out the title fees and the appraisal fees and all the closing costs for the refinance. So, right. So, the, and that, so that's that like, and oh, by the way, this thing's still cash flowing. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, it's running for 1200 bucks a month. I'd be willing to bet that this thing's still cash flowing two, $300. Easy. Oh yeah. No, my, because, because the debt load <laughs> is only like $85,000, like yeah. the mortgage, the mortgage with escrows is like, like 600 yeah. bucks a month. Yeah. So, <laughs> so really it's like we keep half of half of the paycheck, yeah. half of the rent check yeah. every month. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and you say you save some for some other expenses and things, but at the end of the day, you're making strong cash flow. And then this is the repeat process. You you go through and repeat. So this is like the ideal burr. And I think the hardest part for people who are watching or listening to this is, well, how do I find those deals? Right. And it all the underlying theme of this entire podcast episode was network. Use your network. Tell everyone around you what you do, that you're a real estate investor, because if you hadn't told this lawyer who worked with this person, worked with another agent because you were wearing your real estate agent hat, if you didn't go and tell them that, oh, by the way, I'm also an investor, the lawyer would have found someone else. They wouldn't have called you and you wouldn't have gotten $29,000 richer in nine months. So my, yeah, yeah, go on. Even just family members, you know, it's just like, even if you're just like, Hey, like I'm getting into like single family housing investing. Like I I'm looking to purchase single family houses or any type of investment property. Like, you know, you just talk, you just incorporate that into your everyday conversation with family members, coworkers, whichever. And then whenever someone's grandma's got to move out, you know, they're going to be like, Hey, like you, can you help me? Or like, are you interested in this? Would you want to buy it? Like, that's how I'm getting clients now as a real estate agent. You know, like when I started as an agent, I literally just started working it into my everyday conversation because like, it's hard when you're a a starting agent, you haven't done any business, you don't have any reviews and you're just like, how do I get that first sale? And it's just like in the real estate investing game It's like, how do you get your first deal that actually makes sense? You know, it's, you just have to keep talking to people and eventually you'll run into somebody. You'll have that conversation where they're like, Oh yeah, well, you know, I am looking for a house, you know, and my first client in the real estate side was an investor and Mm -hmm. agents didn't want to work with them because the houses, the costs were too low. They were looking for houses that cost $80,000 and buyers agents do a lot of work for, to make a small commission check. But I was like, Hey, that's my foot in the door to have a sale. And it's just because I kept having those conversations and it was the same thing here is like, eventually if you keep repeating it enough times, someone's going to remember. And then when that day comes, when you know, they're going to think of you and they're gonna be like, Hey, like you might be interested in this. I might have a deal for you. And you know, maybe it's a deal. Maybe it's not. And, and you were solving that lawyer's problem. That's another, you know, foot stomping moment that I want to hit on here is in this business, it's all about solving problems. And you know, you, you helped, you know, believe it or not, you collecting this $29,000, you were doing that dude a solid because in his mind, he's like, Oh God, I got this thing. I have other cases. I have other clients. I need to work on this. I can't focus on this you know, shag carpet, 1970s situation. Like, you know, I, but for you to go in and say, no, I will do this and I will take this on. That person's like amazing. 
And guess what? The next one that they have, who are they going to call? Mm-hmm. Gonna- and they did. They did that exact thing. Like that <laughs> awesome. same real estate agent came back to us and was like, hey, I have another one from an estate, from that same estate lawyer. Uh, and it was in a different area. And then that one ended up not being a good deal for us because it had, uh, so there was living relatives, but they were distant relatives and mm. they did want to see some type of profit. And the house, it was, it was pecked to death by woodpeckers. And we just knew yeah. that there was going to be some kind of like damage infestation situation there that we didn't want to deal with. We're like, what do woodpeckers eat? They eat bugs. Yeah. <laughs> that means there's a lot of bugs in this house. And there's a lot of wood siding with holes from woodpeckers in that thing. Yeah. So we're like, no, I'm good. Like probably but, a no, smart move. Awesome that it happened. But that's that's a great tip for listeners. If you're looking for deals, you know, I tell people go to wholesalers, go to agents, do this. Why don't you hit up some estate attorneys in your local market and say, Hey, I'm a real estate investor and I buy houses, you know, not just from other estate attorneys, but I like to solve people's problems. If you have something that you might need help with, let me know. And that 20 second conversation, that 20 second script that I just said right now might land you two, three, four deals that you can get 25 grand a piece from. So those are the things that the very simple action steps that you can take today to maybe turn your business around, maybe get into your first deal, your second, third, fourth deal. That's it. The guys, this stuff is not rocket science. You know, it is just solving people's problems and, and, and helping out and putting in the hard work and, you know, we're rewarded for it. So Megan, this has been awesome. We, we walked through the perfect burr. The timeline was excellent. You know, you're still cash flowing from this deal. And I love how it lined up a future deal for you and how you found it. And I think we got some really, really solid tips for folks getting started. Um, just wanted to thank you for, uh, for coming on and we've been talking now for a while and, uh, typically the member spotlight episodes are a, a bit shorter, but you know what? I don't care because this is an awesome story <laughs> and, uh, and I love hanging out with other action takers. Um, one last question, um, you know, specific to kind of, you know, the action takers only mastermind in the community and everything like that. What is, you know, what do you love about the community and, uh, how has it helped you grow? Yeah. So the community is it's great just to like know that you're not alone and that you're not like, you know, it's like a sanity check too. Cause like, you know, especially if you're starting this thing out and you're doing it alone and you're, you know, like I said, not using any partners or you just don't really have that network developed yet. Then you have all these questions that you're just kind of like taking a stab or hope that you can Google or like, you know, and get some kind of clarity on, like, there's so many questions I had when I, you know, bought that first duplex where I was just like, I'm not sure about this. And I'm just going to be conservative because I know that that's the safe route. Right. Um, But because like you have this great network now, you have uh, an education program where you can be like, Oh, I wonder if they cover this in, you know, operation Adam, let me go look And you know, like you can actually learn from someone who has some experience and credibility and like learn from their mistakes and learn from, their experience and have a little bit more peace of mind when you move forward with these deals, learn how to underwrite. So you can know those numbers before you get yourself into a situation. And, you know, if you have a unique circumstance, like that's, I've used operation Adam for that. Like I come across unique properties or unique circumstances and I'm like, Hey guys, like, what do you think about this? What are some things that I should be looking for that might be pitfalls? Mm -hmm. Like, what are some things that, you know, I might get in trouble with or, you know, I'm, I'm considering doing this in order to get the deal. Is this a good idea? You know, and and you can just get that 
that reassurance, that opinion that helps you move forward. It helps you get past that road bump or that speed bump and keep down the road, keep down the path towards your goal. And I think that's just like so powerful. And then on top of that, you know, you might be, you know, maybe you just do like your first small deal or whichever. And you're like, Hey, this is great. And your goal is just to do like a million of those because that's what you're familiar with and comfortable now. But you like learn from some of these other people that have done bigger deals and maybe now you can have a conversation with them and explore growing even faster because, you know, they're going to open your eyes to a different way of investing or your short-term rentals or your multifamily or whichever, where if you didn't have a community, you wouldn't have that exposure. So I think it's just, it's just huge. And, you know, in, in the future, if you really want to grow into large real estate deals, like, you have to partner like unless mm-hmm. you've got like a million sitting in the bank, you have to start partnering up with people. So it's better to build those relationships now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I mean, there's uh, the, the, the teamwork, like we mentioned earlier, we touched on it earlier, it, you know, real estate is a, is a team sport. And um, I think uh, having, you know, everything that you said is having that sounding board. And I've seen you ask some questions and really creative questions too. I remember there was something about, you know, you want, there was like this property it was like a, weird property that was like a duplex triplex situation thing. And I was like, yeah, this is interesting. And we talked about zoning. We talked about some, just some interesting concepts that, that, you know, you don't think about, but just having access to that is, is really important because it makes those kind of, you know, those speed bumps that, you, you know, like when you first approach it, you're like, oh my God, like this is not a speed bump. This is a massive brick wall that I'm never going to be able to get through. And then you talk to someone and it's like, oh, you just go around it by doing this and, and and continue and keep taking those action steps. And for those people who don't have access to that, they're just like, it's so easy to just quit, to just turn around and be like, eh, whatever, I'll just go back to doing whatever. And then all this time goes by and then you realize, man, I should have actually, you know, gotten started way earlier. Cause that's usually the biggest regret from successful real estate investors. They're just like, oh, I wish I got started earlier. I wish I, you know, pulled my head out of my butt earlier, but yeah, I mean, Megan, this is, this is incredible. And for those listening and watching live right now, if you're interested in this stuff, there's a link that I just posted in the Facebook comments, click on that. You can find out all the information. We'd love to have you and, uh, and, and join the mastermind and, and learn, you know, learn how to take action, learn how to crush it like Megan and like all the other member spotlight episodes on the podcast that we've had, Wes Thompson, Mason, uh, Ron, like all these all these people are crushing it right now. So stop waiting, stop, you know, stop making excuses. Just if you want to get into this, I want to help you. You know, I want to help you grow and everyone on the team wants to, wants to see you grow. So Megan, thank you so much for your time and coming on the show. This is uh, this has been incredible. Yeah. Thank you for doing what you do and for helping people achieve their goals, you know, especially our military community. Like that's another thing is like the, you can have imposter syndrome trying to get into a real estate investing group if you have no other commonality because you don't know the lingo or the language or anything. But if you join a military investing group, other people who've had the similar background as you, you know that you have something you can talk about, you know, have something that you can connect with. Mm -hmm. And then moving the conversation on to real estate is a lot less scary. So yeah. 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 Having having that common ground. Right. Yeah. Incredible. Well, thanks, Megan. This has been awesome. And uh, I cannot wait to continue to like follow your story as you grow. And I know you're going to be a rock star. So this is just, uh, it, uh, you know, I'm going to be probably asking you for deals pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Thanks, Megan. Thank you so much, Outstanding. That was an awesome episode. Thanks so much to our special guests and thanks to you for listening. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, make sure you go and do that. Or schedule a call with us by texting ADPI to 444-999 or checking out our website at www.activedutypassiveincome.com to find out how you can get started on your financial freedom journey today. I'll see you guys next week.